Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We're continuing on. All these things must come to pass. This morning, the mystery of iniquity. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is near. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that the man of sin, which we have looked at the previous three weeks, be revealed the son of destruction, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth or what restraineth, we'll come to that next week, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. The mystery, the mystery of iniquity. Again, the context of such a rise of spiritual wickedness that we are now living in and witnessing all across this world, the spirit of Antichrist, false teachers, false prophets, seducing spirits, men that will wax worse and worse, iniquity abounding, as it was, so shall it be, the Lord says at his coming. In verse 6 here, Paul says, you know, you know what is holding him back. There's a restraint. There is a holy restraint on the powers of darkness, the dragon, the beast, everything that the Bible tells us of. Currently, there is a holding back. It is held by a holy restraint. We're going to come more to that next week. But this mystery of lawlessness, that word iniquity means lawlessness, Paul says at that time was already working. And something is keeping him at bay. Something is restraining the revealing of all of what this beast really is. The mystery of lawlessness, Paul said, is currently, as he writes, is currently working. And this holy restraint is upon this lawlessness. Now this, the Bible says, the mystery of iniquity, it's a mystery. This is important this morning. There's many times in the Scripture you'll find concerning some of these subjects that the Bible says this is a mystery. That means it cannot, by our understanding, be fully grasped or fully known. The Bible also says concerning the kingdom of God that it's a mystery. Concerning God Himself, that Godhead is a mystery. Concerning the will of God, it is a mystery. Even of Christ in Ephesians 4, 
It is a mystery of the gospel in Ephesians 9. It's a mystery. There's things that we cannot fully grasp or understand of godliness. There is a mystery of the seven stars in Revelation. It's a mystery. And of the woman in Revelation 17 and 7, the Bible says that it's a mystery. So there's some things that we fully will not be able to grasp and understand until that day that we see Jesus face to face. Then we'll know. We'll understand all things at that time. But currently, we look at these things and there's a limitation on the full revelation of the dealings and the workings of these things in order for us to grasp. And I'm happy with that this morning. We're just content that the Bible reveals to us that these things are a mystery, the mystery of iniquity. So at the cross, and just go back this morning, right at the cross, because this is what Paul is saying, the mystery of iniquity in his generation, still very much in the shadow of the cross and the victory of the cross, Paul is saying right now the mystery of iniquity has already begun. The strategy of the devil and the strategy of the kingdom of darkness, the Antichrist spirit is already working right at this time and will continue to work until there's a full revelation of everything of who the Antichrist is and his kingdom whom the Lord will destroy when he comes in the brightness of his coming. Right after the cross, post the cross, We know that the Apostle John said in 1 John 4 and 3, he said that the spirit of Antichrist is already working currently and will continue to work through the generations of men right up to 2020. There is a spirit of Antichrist that has been working post the cross, strategizing against Jesus Christ and his bride. The one visible thing that the, that the Antichrist will, will take aim at and go after is the body of Christ, Jesus Christ. He is Antichrist. We are the body of Christ. He is against the church of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's going to build it in every generation, in every culture, in every society, from every tribe, from every tongue. Jesus Christ is going to build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Would the church say amen? But there's a strategy. There is a strategy by this antichrist system driven by the power of Satan. There is a strategy that he will work against the church of Jesus Christ. Now we know, and this is important, this is central to the the Christian church. This is central to the body of Christ. Some of these things I'm going to speak about are very well known, but they are absolutely ever new and must always be at the forefront of the Christian church. At the cross, and in the cross, and by the cross, and through the cross, the church can claim its victory in Jesus. The devil hates the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that in the cross, and through the cross, by the cross, in Colossians 2 and verse 15, that he spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly, and he triumphed over them in it. Thank God for the cross this morning. 
We have been looking much at the Antichrist and his world and that system. But this morning, I'm just taking a different line. We're just going to look at the victory that we have in Jesus. We must know this morning, even though that kingdom is rising and the iniquity is abounding and the spirit of Antichrist is all around us, infiltrating every part of our society. But this morning, thank God for the cross. Thank God for the victory that there is in Jesus Christ. That through the death of Christ, He would destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Praise the Lord this morning that He destroyed him who had the power of death. That is the devil this morning. Jesus destroyed him through the death of Christ on the cross. The Bible tells us that when He ascended on high, He led captivity captive and he give gifts unto men. Thank God this morning, in Ephesians 1 and 20, it says, Through Christ, when he raised him from the dead, he set him on his own right hand, in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Praise the Lord for the victory of the cross this morning. The devil hates the cross. It's the place of his defeat. It's the place where death was destroyed, that Jesus in his death and resurrection rose triumphant o'er the powers of hell and every antichrist system and spirit in this world today. Fear the cross of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we know that after the cross that that was not the end of Satan. How many people know that? And that was not the end. That was the fatal blow. But in Revelation 20 and verse 10, it tells us here of the end, Satan's end as far as what his activity is on planet earth. Revelation 20 and 10, the Bible says that the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone We know his end this morning. We know his end this morning. The end of Satan is when he's cast in to the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be tormented day and night forever and forever. Here's the end. Satan, here's the end for you. And all the strategy and the Antichrist system and all the rise and all the puffing and all the beating. But there's an end to this. And God Almighty Jesus Christ will lay hold of that old serpent, cast him into that lake of fire. Look what it says here. Into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And anyone's name that's not found in the book of life will be cast there also. That's serious. That's sobering. But that's the truth of God's word. Forever and forever. Without end shall be tormented both day and night. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. 
from the ascension and the enthronement of Jesus Christ as King of Kings and as Lord of Lords, there has been an age-long battle from that time that has taken place between the, the devil and the host of hell, the kingdom of darkness, the Antichrist system, from that time has been strategizing and scheming and planning against the church of Jesus Christ. There has been an age-long warfare. How many people know that we're in warfare? Do you know we're in a battle this morning? Come on, saints, do you know you're in a battle this morning? There's a battle against your mind. There's a battle for your faith. There's a battle for your home. There's a battle for your marriage. There's a battle against the church to divide it and to conquer it and to, and to cause confusion amongst God's people. There is a battle against the church of Jesus Christ. And it's real. You're not imagining things this morning. The tormentor, the afflictions, the discouragement, the division. To pull down and destroy, that's the work of Satan. He's a thief that's come but for to steal, to kill and destroy. He's a real thief. He's a real devil. He's a real satanic force. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil will tell you there's no life for you. There's no abundant life for you. There's no victory for you. I'm here to tell you that he's a liar. Devil's a liar. He's a deceiver. Brings confusion. Comes to, comes to sift you as wheat. Comes to pull you down. Cause you to be weary. Cause you to be tired. Cause you to pull back. Cause you to give up. Cause you to give in. The Lord's praying for us this morning that our faith, that our faith in Jesus Christ, not our faith in the church, not our faith in a creed. Not our faith in any man. But our faith in Jesus. He's a great victor. And so we see from the cross, I believe, that the devil has been cast down through the cross. He's been cast down. In the Old Testament, you'll note in some areas you see him coming into the presence of the Lord. I believe that through the cross, the devil has no rights to the throne of God. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, he has been cast down onto this earth. He's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the earth. He goes around like a roaring lion, seek him whom he may devour, but he's no right or access into the throne of Almighty God. Here is his battleground, planet earth, against the body of Christ. He is anti-Christ. He is against Jesus Jesus, as our glorious head, is enthroned on high. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. Everything's beneath His feet. But we are engaged in a battle. Do you hear me this morning? I'm laboring the point. There's warfare here. There's a battle for your home. There's a battle for your marriage. There's a battle for our kids this morning. It was the devil that walked in to 104 Lisburn Road a couple of years ago and plummeted our home. That's what it was. And one by one, God is bringing them back. And they'll bring Jack back. But they'll bring your loved ones back too. It's satanic. No, it's satanic. 
It's not feelings. It's not thoughts. It's just not the way it is. It's not because it's sunny or it's dark or it's miserable or it's a storm or there's winds or there's rain or I don't feel like it today. We are soldiers in a war. We are in a battle this morning. It's a real battle. It's tangible. You can feel it in meetings. You can feel it in prayer. You can feel it in your spirit. The reality of the battle and the warfare of the saint. He wants to snuff us out. He wants to take the oil that keeps the lamp burning. He wants to crush us with the circumstances of life. He wants to come in with all the despairing thoughts. He wants to cause doubt and fear. Even though the Bible tells us and the promises of God's people this morning is that it's mercy and goodness that will follow us all the days of our life. Sometimes you think it's doubt and fear that follows you. Is that true? And so the devil is a liar. But he's a real devil. Listen, I'm not here to glorify the devil. But I don't want to expose him for what he is. He's a real devil. With real power. With a real strategy. With a real mindset. With real targets. And you're a target. You want to walk with God. You want to live for Jesus. You're a target. The day you stand up and say, I want to follow Jesus, you've entered the war. Praise God for the war. Fight a good fight. Stand up and be counted for Jesus. God's looking brave men and women, humble men and women, but brave men and women, courageous men and women and young people that say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, I'm not ashamed. Easier to hide in the crowd. Easier to go with the rest. I sure I know it. Easier to run with the mob. I'm going to tell you God's looking real men and women. Men of stuff. Men that are made of something. Men that are pillars in the church of Jesus Christ. Men that will stand up in the power of the Holy Ghost. The devil's been cast down. He's no rights to the throne of God. But he is the God of this world. He's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the earth. What does the Bible say about our warfare? You'll know it well. But Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 tells us very clearly from Scripture, for we wrestle, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I believe this is important this morning. So often the distraction of the enemy and how he operates is to get us engaged in wrestling with that which is the flesh and the blood, the natural. We, we engage in the natural wrestle. We're exhausted when we engage in the natural realm against all the schemes and the plans of the enemy that is spiritual but manifests itself in the physical. So when all that you see today and all the groups that are being birthed and coming up and all the different aspects of that, it's not the people. It's not against the people. The people need saved. They need to know the love of Christ. They need to know what it is to be born again. But there's a spirit that's behind the work. It's anti-Christ. And so we're wrestling not against the flesh and the blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How many people actually believe this? Do you understand? It's nearly sometimes I think people don't believe this anymore. 
They actually don't believe that there's a warfare. They don't believe there's a battle. They don't believe that we have to make a stand. We have to defend the pea patch. We have to lay hold of the sword. And we have to stand and have stood that God will give us the victory. And so we see we wrestle, Second Corinthians 10 and 4. What does it say? For the weapons of our warfare, warfare are not carnal. But see, our weapons, know what they are? They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're mighty through God to the pulling down. But do we use the weapons? Do we use the armory that he's given us? I just believe it's the cross. I believe it's the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe it's the blood. I believe it's the name of Jesus. I believe it's our faith. And I believe it's the word of God. It is enough. It's enough this morning. I know the church thinks they need so much more. It is enough. The Bible tells us, Ephesians 6 and 13, that we're to take onto you the whole armor of God, that you might stand in the evil day. Is it an evil day? How many people know it's evil? Now what we believe is evil, they say it's good. Isn't that right? That's a sign of the day we're in. But this is an evil day and having done all, someone's got to make a stand. Someone stand. Someone get up. Someone do something. Someone rise out of it all and just say, I'm going to make a stand if nobody else will. Somebody do it. Do it in your class. Do it in your school. Someone stand up for Jesus. Just stand up. Nobody else is. Everyone's going now. Everyone thinks this. They say that in their church. They Just stand up. You know, revivals have broke up when the frailest and most insignificant individuals that you could ever imagine that have just stood up and said, Enough! All of heaven's come down to one weary saint that just in their heart has been urged and unctioned, an unction, an unction, an unction. I'll just stand up. A revival broke out in Scotland by a wee woman called Margaret that lifted up as they were given the whole compromise and papacy and everything was sweeping into the land. And a wee woman got up and she threw her chair at the minister and revival broke out. But revival broke out. Because a wee woman says, I'm not going along with this junk. Oh God, now we stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. Get your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith. And you know something, brothers and sisters, in this room this morning, I believe there's many have cast aside your shield of faith. You're just an open target. You haven't lifted your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in a long time. You're struggling through trying to make it by your own means, your own ways. And you've just threw your shield of faith down. And you think in some way that you're going to be able to get through it in your own means or by the arm of flesh. I'm here to tell you you've been deceived by the liar, by the devil himself. Get your shield of faith up this morning. Stand up for Jesus. What does the shield of faith do? Whereby ye shall quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's the lies. Plumbing into the hearts and the minds of people. Anybody know about this? Christians this morning, would you say amen if you've ever had a fiery dart? Have you ever had one hit you? Make sure you tell someone because sometimes people are so isolated in their mind they think that they're the only ones that have a battle. 
And that's not the truth this morning. Every person named by Christ is, the Antichrist is against you. So you're going to experience this. But get your shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. Have you got a sword this morning? Praise the Lord. Get your sword up. Where the high praises of God in our hearts is about five swords. We're beat. Listen, get your sword up this morning. Don't be lifting phones. That's desperate. No, I'm sorry. I'm just old-fashioned, Peter. I know you're reading the Bible. I hope you're reading the Bible. <laughs> lift your sword and lift it high. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Come on, saints. We're squabbling around sometimes and wallowing around in our own self-pity. And oh, this is... A... Listen, stand up for Jesus. Get on your feet. You don't always feel like that, but sometimes you just got to get up and say, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. No big prayers. That's enough. My faith and hope is in Jesus, and Jesus is enough. And so it says, pray always with all prayer. So now we're instructed in this warfare. We got to pray. We got to pray. Listen. All the words in the world, and it seems all the encouragement in the world, whether, you know, people talk about carrot and stick, more stick, less, just forget about carrot and stick. But oh, that the Holy Ghost would woo hearts and woo us out of ourselves to begin to pray always. Just to begin to pray just to begin the open hearts and the Holy Ghost to take over and lift this congregation out of self and begin to bombard the throne of grace. Listen, things are really going to happen. If we could only catch it this morning, get out of ourselves. Forgive us, Lord, for being in ourselves. We're in ourselves. It's the fear of man. No, it's the fear of your own flesh. It's pride in our hearts. Lord, deliver us from ourselves, but catch us up with yourself. In the heavenly places. Praying always in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Paul writes to Timothy 1 Timothy 1 and 13. And he said these words. This charge I commit unto thee. Son Timothy according to the prophecies which went before thee. That thou by them mightest war. What? A good warfare. Do you want to fight a good fight? How many people want to fight a good fight? A good warfare. No, a good warfare. A good warfare. We want to fight a good warfare. We want to be engaged in this battle. We want to fight and stand strong for Jesus. We want to engage in the place of prayer and with the power of the gospel. We want to fight a good fight. The Bible says, again in 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4, Thou therefore endure... Hardness. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs. Do you know the strategy? One of the strategies of the enemy is to get us engaged in the things of this world. Get us entangled in all the he said, she said, what's that? And who's looking there? And what are they doing? What? Just get us all focused on that. You know what? That is a classic strategy. And you know, so many fall for it. He's always wanting to get our attractions away and distracted, and the other, doesn't he? Then we're focused on the things of the world, and then death comes. There's no nothing in it. And then we're entangled in the affairs 
of this life and we can't fight a good fight. I've many hands went up there and says, I want to fight a good fight. Well, let's not entangle ourselves with the affairs of this world. If you really want to fight this fight, if you really want to be counted for the Lord Jesus Christ in the last days, don't entangle yourself in the affairs of this life. You can get caught up in all the things and all the politics and all this. You know, Brexit, it exhausted the life out of us. When you focus on this, that God answered prayer, praise the Lord. I believe we're coming out. I believe that's God's will for us to come out of Europe. Because Europe, at the very core of it, is anti-Christ. Right at the very core, it's rotten. But now therefore endure hardness as a good soldier, no man that worth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You have been chosen to be a soldier. Think about it. He's chosen every person that's saved in this room. And if you're not saved, God's purpose is he wants to save you. But he wants you to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. Think about it. We have been chosen. We have been called. And we've been called to be soldiers in the army of the Lord. What a privilege that is, isn't it? Think about it. I run with a few armies before, not the British army, but I tell you, I run around with a few other type of armies. But I'm thank God this morning, by the mercy of God, I've been chosen into the army. What a great privilege to be chosen into the army of the Lord. Think about it this morning. You've been chosen to be a soldier, to endure hardships. As a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, to fight a good fight, you've been chosen to be a soldier. A soldier. We're not going to fight with bombs and bullets, with fists. We're not going to fight with big sticks. This is a completely different army. But what an army to be a part of. This is an army that has nothing but the love of God in their hearts. It's nothing but the Word of God. It's nothing but a cross. It's nothing but the fire of the Holy Ghost. And the precious blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses a man from all sin. What an army this is. What's your motto? God is love. We love our enemies. We do good to them that despise us and treat evil of us. When they revile us, we open our arms. This is the army we're talking about. Just like Jesus, when they reviled him, he just stood and he opened not his mouth. Here's a different army. I tell you, the army I was running with, I was completely the opposite. This is the army of the Lord. We're in a spiritual battle. But let me encourage you this morning about this battle. Some truths. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says these words. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. He's given us the victory. Listen, he's given us the victory. Do you know what happens so often? We think we have to try and get the victory, but he's already given the victory. It's not what happens. I'm going to try and get the victory. I'm going to try and get the victory. And we don't get the victory because the devil's saying, oh no, you need to try hard. The mountain's bigger. Oh, you think you're at the top. There's more mountain to climb to get the victory. No, he's given us the victory through the cross. We have the victory in Jesus this morning. 1 John 4 and 4, the apostle says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcame them, overcame them, because greater is he that is in 
You than he that is in. And that is exactly to do with the Antichrist. How many people have the greater one on the inside? Is Jesus in your heart by faith this morning? Then greater is he that is in you. That's not you. That's Jesus in you than he that is in the world. Praise the Lord. It's good to have Jesus in your heart this morning. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. That what comes out of every Christian, wherever we are, wherever we go, what could, should come out of us is a savour. The savour of Jesus Christ, the knowledge that these people walk with God in every place. So we engage in warfare. Principalities, powers through the cross, the blood, the word, the power of the Spirit, our faith in Jesus, a song in our hearts, a shout. We are here to fight a good fight of faith. The unfolding developments of the Antichrist and his strategy were unfolding in the first century. The mystery of iniquity, the mystery of lawlessness was already working. We talked about Antipas last week, the faithful servant of the Lord. He was martyred and he was martyred on Satan's seat at Pergamos. We talked about how even that seat by the Germans back in 1850 or so, they Brick by brick took the seat of Satan, brought it into Berlin, and it's in the Berlin Museum to this very day, the actual seat of Satan that Antipas was martyred upon. If you ever see, I think I've mentioned it before, but if you ever see in, the, in those old movies, the, not old movies, but the old documentaries of the Second World War and Adolf Hitler, who is Satan personified, the, the actual seat of Satan, he got his architect, the man by the name of Spears, when you see those old footages of the Nuremberg rallies and Adolf Hitler standing and all the Nazis are marching past him, he is standing on a replica of the seat of Satan. That's not a coincidence because he was Satan personified. He is Satan absolutely in the flesh. Six million Jews at least were, 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 went through that Holocaust and many more millions were slaughtered through this man who was completely demon-possessed. It is no mistake that he's standing on a replica of the seed of Satan because everything of what he did was completely satanic. But the Antichrist hasn't gone away with Hitler gone. We see the mystery of iniquity or lawlessness is already at work. It's totally and entirely as is important. It is spiritual. You hear me this morning. Once we start to get fixated on the natural, we're going to lose sight of what's taking place. It is a spiritual war. It is a spiritual battle. And the fruit of this battle will be manifested in the physical. That's what you're seeing. The changing of laws. The rise of homosexuality, the rise of immorality, the rise of broken, the rise of all of these things is because behind it there is a spirit and it is anti-Christ. The source and the, and the activity is satanic. But the Bible tells us that there is a spiritual restraint. Now we're going to come more to this next week, but there's something that holds. He can only go so far. There's something that holds that. That something has to be greater than him. That greater than him is him who is in us. And that's almighty God himself. Who is almighty? Who's almighty this morning? 
Jesus is almighty. The devil has power, but he's not almighty. He, he likes to think he is, but he's not. So the spirit of Antichrist, and in particular the Antichrist, is being held until a time when the restraint will be taken out of the way and then everything of what he is is going to be revealed. This is what the Bible says. Listen, this is what the Bible says. We're not here forever. This world's vastly coming to an end. It's not climate change. It's all the earth groaning for the coming of the Lord. No matter what Greta says, that young girl's being manipulated by the devil himself. Make no apologies for that this morning. She's being manipulated. That's child abuse, what they're doing with that young girl. She needs saved this morning. But oh God, would he open her eyes, we should be a voice for Jesus. The earth is not on fire. The earth is groaning because Jesus is coming. The mystery of iniquity does already work. Iniquity simply means lawlessness. Now, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew 24? Matthew chapter 24 Again, the words of Jesus Christ telling us that all these things must come to pass. Verse 4, Jesus said unto them, I think when I read this this morning that you probably sense that you're reading news that's right up to date. Actually, it's more up to date than tomorrow's newspapers. You're going to read this, and we've read it many times, but you're going to feel, I, I believe the Lord's going to grip your heart to show you this morning that we're actually in this. We're right here, so come to it with that heart this morning. Jesus said unto them, verse 4, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. We'll come to this. This is the beginning of sorrow. This is the pangs, the birthing of the earth. The earth is groaning. It's in the labor. They shall deliver you to be afflicted, shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for the name of Jesus Christ. This world hates Jesus. And they'll hate you because of that. They hate Jesus. And they'll hate you because of that. Many shall be offended, shall betray one another, shall hate one another. Hatred is going to fill the world in the last days, except in the church of Jesus Christ. Oh God, send a revival to the church. Baptize us with the love of Jesus Christ, because at the minute, all we see is the hatred even amongst God's people. Many false prophets shall arise, shall deceive many. And iniquity, this is the same word, lawlessness, lawlessness shall abound. Lawlessness is going to mark the end times. It will abound. Listen to me, brothers and sisters, this morning. I know this sounds doom and gloom. Someone accused me of being a doom and gloom preacher. I just want to preach truth. I just want to tell you the truth from God's word. I'd rather tell you the truth because I love you this morning rather than tickle your ears and give you some wee message that you can go home and kick the shoes off and have your Starbucks and everything else and everything's fine. Listen this morning, brothers and sisters, you need to know the truth. This world is going to abound in lawlessness against the Word of God, against Jesus Christ, and against His church. They're going to hate the church of Jesus Christ with a passion, and they do. 
We see the beginning of sorrows. You'll be hated of all nations for the name. No other name but the name of Jesus. And hatred will fill the earth. Verse 11. Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And iniquity shall abound. There'll be an abounding of lawlessness. That's what it'll be. It's lawless. It's just lawlessness against the word of God. Against God himself. And against his, the authority which is God's word. It'll be a complete lawless world. Anybody have a sense that we're there? Anybody just sort of sense that we're actually, this isn't something that's happened or is going to happen. We're walking through this. It's like every day this is what it is. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Why does he say that? Because the love of many, the love of many, the love, look what happens. It's a world filled with hate. It's a world that are offended. It's a world that betray one another. And then there's a rise in abundance and explosion of lawlessness. And the love of many will wax cold. People will grow cold. That's why Jesus says, but he that endures to the end. He that endures to the end. Endure hardships like good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Endure to the end because the end's near. The same shall be saved. The same shall be saved. It's not a day for wondering. It's not a day for growing cold. It's not a day for sitting quiet and sliding into the back. It's not a day for the book to be remain closed and the prayer closet to be empty. It's not a day, brothers and sisters, to be engaged in entangling ourselves in the affairs of this world. It's not a day for the tittle-tattle in churches. It's not a day for just going through the motions. It's not a day for being religious. It's not a day for having a name only that you're a Christian, but you deny the living power of Jesus. It's not a day for games. It's not a day for self-pity. It's not a day for pride. It's not a day for competition. It's not a day for power struggles or schisms in the body of Christ. It's a day to endure to the end. The gospel of the kingdom will and shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. And then the end's going to come. Do you preach an end? I preach that there's an end. Do you believe there's an end? I believe there's an end. The cup of iniquity is almost to the brim. That understanding comes from Genesis chapter 15 when we see the long-suffering of the Lord. We see that the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet full. It was coming very close. But Abraham was about to enter into a covenant with the Lord just after that. It was an amazing time. But we see in that the reason why God was holding back. Do you know why he was holding back? Because he's long-suffering. He's not willing that any would be lost. Have you grown cold? Are you a Christian by name only? Listen to me this morning. I, I, I believe I'm pleading with you from the very heart of God. Is it just a name only thing? Have you gone cold in your spirit? Have you gone through the motions? Are you so entangled with the things and the affairs of this world? Is all your hope based on everything of this world and you've lost sight of the prize? Do you see it happening? 
This, I haven't even mentioned that, that coronavirus thing that's spread in the world. What's more effective than the disease itself is the fear that's coming with it. That's the spirit that's behind it. Do you understand that? It's the fear that comes with it. And the media which is driven, it's antichrist, it is satanic. The media swarm, they just love it. Have you seen the locusts spreading across these East Africa, devouring the land? Have you seen the locusts spreading across? I could go through it all. The locusts spreading across Pakistan. China are panicking because it's devouring all their crops. The economy, they're saying, possibly could be a worse Christ than 2008. We said after it, this is not the end. This was just something to warn us of what's about to happen. But millionaires will queue for a loaf of bread. They'll have no diesel for their great and their grand and their big Land Rovers and their fancy cars and their sports cars. They'll queue like everybody else for a loaf of bread. In an hour, everything will change. The end is coming, the cup of iniquity. And yet in all of that, there's a holding. There's a holding. There's a holy restraint. We haven't even seen it yet. But it's rising rapidly. And so from they poured out of the upper room 2,000 years ago, the spirit of Antichrist has been held at bay. Not only that, but in the power of the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of darkness has been plundered. Through the preaching of Christ, the cross, the blood, heaven and hell. I still can't get over it. But being saved, sorry to mention it again. Listen, actually, because it disturbs me, someone else actually challenged me at the beginning of this week and said, all that being saved stuff, this is a man who was a pastor for 25 years. Let me tell you something this morning. We preach it, you've got to be saved. And see if a pulpit doesn't, make sure you get out of that church quickly. Yes, being saved is what we're about. That's what Jesus is about, saving men. Right up until that which is holding back the Antichrist, the pleadings of the Spirit of God, the Church of Jesus Christ, holding back the power. Can I tell you, I'll come to it next week. Can I tell you something? Are there a strange wee bunch in there this morning or anywhere there's a wee group of people meeting in the name of Jesus, just love the Lord, whatever the denomination. Can I tell you something? That's a holy restraint on the powers of darkness. You'll never know this morning what's happening all around us in the heavenlies. But I'll tell you one thing, all the host of heaven, the angels of God are around us this morning. And as we meet here, the people of God, they're looking on, hearing the song of the redeemed and wondering how could they save people like them? This is a mystery. That's a mystery to the angels. And all the principalities and powers in the host of hell are looking on into this wee room this morning. And here we are, worshiping the Lord. That's why I encourage you. See, when you stand to your feet, Lord, I thank you for saving me. You have no idea what it does, not only in here, but in the whole realm of spiritual darkness. It's a restraint. It's a spiritual restraint. Balne the hench may not appreciate it. And even some religious people may not appreciate that the Pentecostals are here. But can I tell you something this morning? The devil's certainly not happy about it, but all of heaven's rejoicing. Where everybody meets in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever their denomination, they're born of the Spirit of God and they're worshiping Jesus this morning. The effect it has on the spiritual realm, we'll never know till we get there. That's why we do it. 
the restraint, the holy restraint upon that Antichrist kingdom. I'm nearly there. If you stay with me for another few minutes. Almighty God is a restraint against all the forces of hell and every strategy of the, the hell itself and Satan himself because he is almighty. You hear me this morning? He is almighty. The restraint, and there's a number of factors that we'll look at next week, but one I want to talk about this morning is a restraint that there is a hedge around your life if you're saved this morning. It's a blood-soaked hedge. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And nothing can penetrate that hedge without the permission of Almighty God. Do you hear me this morning? I am weak. I am frail. I have nothing. My faith is gone. I don't know where to turn. I do love Jesus, but I don't know whether I can make it. Can I tell you? There's nothing can cross the bloodline. Not a demon in hell. Listen, I'm preaching this this morning because you need to hear it. Not a demon in hell can cross the bloodline of Jesus Christ. We have read from Scripture this morning that He spoiled principalities and powers and through the death of Christ on the cross, He destroyed Him who had the death. That is the devil. Now, He'd like to tell you this morning He can cross the bloodline. That's a lie. Here's the restraint that I want to show you this morning. John 10, verse 27 says these words. I don't think I'll get through it all. But John 10, 27. Listen. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to speak to some heart this morning. If you have ears, you'll hear. If you have ears, you'll hear. John 10, 27. Jesus said, My sheep, 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 they hear my voice. Listen to this. This is, this is everything. Because there's a lot of voices. So many prayed. I think of Nicky prayed. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of voices. But see, sheep, sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Shepherd is Jesus. Sheep hear that voice. They hear him speaking. Where do they hear him? They hear him in their heart. Not in their head. There may be a million voices here. But the voice of Jesus always speaks to the heart. My sheep hear my voice. I love this next bit. I know them. I know them. It's not about me knowing him. I thank God this morning. He knows me. He knows me. He knows you this morning. Sheep hear the voice. What do they do? What do sheep do? They follow the shepherd. Are you a follower? Yes, I'm a follower. I'm a follower of Jesus. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never, ever, 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 ever perish. Now this is what he says. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a restraint this is. Think about it. You might, uh, you might be fallen this morning. You might be weak this morning. You might be just, as it were, a bag of broken bones. And you're just cast down and you're fallen. But praise the Lord, you're fallen into the palm of his hand. 
Nothing can pluck them out of my hand. Nothing. Would you say the word nothing? No man. Can I tell you? No devil. No demonic spirit can ever pluck them out of my hand. My Father, Jesus said, which gave them me is greater. What's he greater than? He's greater than, would you say the word all? That means he's greater than all the work of the Antichrist, all the satanic powers, every demon in hell. My Father which give them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. What a restraint that is. Think about it. What a restraint. I and my Father are one. Do you know once he said this, what happened? Verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Think about it. The first thing that happens when you hear the voice, especially those that are in a battle, when you hear the voice and the shepherd speaking, in your heart you hear it, even though there might be a million voices, and you see for a glimpse and hear the voice of the shepherd, and you realize this morning, praise the Lord, I'm in the palm of his hand. Not a devil or a man can pluck me from him. And straight away, no, it comes fallen stones. Stones come flying in. Sticks and stones may hurt me. Oh, that remember, but stones do hurt you. Stones. The attack of the enemy comes. Where's your shield of faith? Where's your shield of faith? Where's your faith in Jesus? Get your shield up. Lift up the shield this morning. Quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. I tell you something within my spirit. When Jeff prayed this morning, it is enough. Something went just plummeting into my heart. I, I, I think I could have leaped the whole pulpit. I probably couldn't have, but I would have tried. I'd have had to go anyway. Something went in of the Spirit of God that was quickened. It's enough. Oh God, it's enough this morning. It's enough. Sometimes you just got to say it's enough. Jesus said in Matthew 28, I'm going to cut this short, I know time's gone. Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus said, verse 18, Jesus said, and came unto them just before he ascended into heavens. He said these words, remember, you're in the palm of his hand. Jesus said these words after the cross, before his ascension and the coming of the Holy Ghost. He said these words, all power is given unto me in heaven, praise the Lord, and where else? In earth. All power belongs to Jesus in heaven, praise the Lord, but on this earth this morning. Then he said, now go ye therefore, go. Somebody said to me a few weeks ago, again, these things just drop into me, then I hold them and hold them and hold them. But he said, the church has lost its go. The church has lost its go. Something hit me. The church has lost its go. All power. Go ye into all the world. Teach all nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Praise the Lord. Then he says, excuse me, then he said, even unto the end of the world. He's going to be with us. 
the Almighty, the All-Powerful, is going to be with us right to the very end. The mystery of iniquity is working. Powers of darkness are raging. Hell has risen up. And all its fury, anti-Christ, anti-God's people. Praise the Lord this morning. He's given us the victory. We're more than conquerors through Christ. Blood shall never lose its power. It's not a day for backsliding. Not a day for growing cold. Not a day for dead prayer meetings. Not a day for, for going through the motions. Not a day, listen brothers, this is not a day for playing church. It really isn't. It's not a day for playing church. It's a day of soldiers to stand up for Jesus. If you hear his voice, church, if you hear his voice, shepherd speaking, if you hear his voice, nothing, nothing, nothing can pluck you from his hand. Do you hear his voice? In your heart, do you hear it? And you respond to him this morning. Lord, touch me, fill me, renew me, strengthen me. I want to be a soldier in the army of Jesus. We're near the end, folks. We really are near the end. Let's endure. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord.